Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to the 77th edition of Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice, and we are here talking about your uh, sinking ship, your rock tied by a heavy rope to other rocks sinking at rapid speed, your Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, it's a grim, it's a grim, grim time, but we'll do, we'll, we'll soldier on. Uh, joining me to talk about your Toronto Blue Jays, joining me as always, Old uh, Reliable. Old Reliable, Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Yeah. Stoughton, how are you? I'm better than the Blue Jays right now. Uh, so who isn't? <laughs> that's sick. Uh, that ship is, yeah. is, is just yeah, chock full of holes. Easy hill and brand, yeah. Everyone is, uh, the only people who... Play, pay, play for your jobs. Play for your jobs. You know, everyone's your, yeah, there's so many guys on contract years. That's, that's the problem, you see, that they're all playing for their jobs. Yeah. They're not playing for the team. The team concept has been just left. Obviously. Left aside. It's certainly not that weird shit just sometimes happens in baseball. Well, you see, when they win, when they go on winning streaks and they win 8 of 10 or, you know, 12 <laughs> of 15 or whatever it might be, that's the real team. Uh, yeah. Unbeknownst yeah. to uh, the rest of the baseball world, the Blue Jays are, in fact, the greatest team ever assembled. <laughs> One that should, by all rights, win every night. Right. So when they don't, it's only Clearly, because yeah. A, they didn't want to win, or B, they screwed up so magnificently that they cost themselves the game. Every night, or every time they lose. Some, I think that's, uh, that is succinct analysis. Nobody, well, who, people like to say that, that there's a difference between winning. Some team, times a team will win, other times uh, games are lost. Teams often lose games because they don't want to win. They're not smart enough. You'd think by now they'd have that figured out, but yeah, I guess the Jays just aren't smart enough to want to win when, we, the, time, when the time comes. We want to win your love and affection, and we start <laughs> off, start that off by uh, mocking a significant chunk of the fan base here on Birds All Day. Well, nobody who's listening to this is is that ridiculous. I want to give them much more credit. And yet here we are wasting our, and more importantly, their precious time uh, with snarky sarcasm. Yeah, we enjoy that, right? We do. I, I, I like. I, I think we all like to feel better than the, you know, the scums who are just scurrying to get off this sinking ship. I'm just. We're, we're going to keep on playing. The band's just going to keep on playing, no matter what happens. Well, we'll come back to this. I have. I have some thoughts on okay. it, and uh, and and we'll come back to this in a little bit. Uh, before we'll do the housekeeping part of the show, where of course uh, we send a shout out and offer our thanks and gratitude to everyone who helps us out because Birds All Day is powered by Patreon. So our listeners um, uh, our listeners contribute and they and they support the podcast and keep us going and keep us honest and keep us uh, working hard. Uh, you may have heard on this past weekend uh, the first of our mini episodes that we're going to record, especially during the stretch dive here, on Sunday nights, kind of a weekend wrap-up. We're going to do them solo, so Stoughton and Andrew did the last week. I'll do this coming weeks, so keep your eyes and ears open. For that, if you're a Patreon supporter, you got a question, you got a comment, you want to hear us or hear one of us discuss it or break it down, uh, fire it over via email, send it over on Twitter, or head over to uh, what, uh, Birds All Day, uh, Facebook.com slash Birds All Day on the, page, on the uh, Facebook page. Yeah. And if you want to become a supporter and help us out and, and kick us a couple bunts, bucks a month, it's really painless. You can do that at patreon.com slash birds all day. Uh, and everyone who has done so, who has considered done, doing so, who has downloaded the podcast, who has gone to iTunes or wherever, 
and, and, and has subscribed or rated and reviewed. We owe you all a huge debt of gratitude. We are forever indebted and very thankful and really happy uh, to be back here and doing it, talking about a very exciting team uh, embroiled in what is actually, truthfully, an awesome race. Even against a shitbag team that's way out of it like the Yankees, we saw an awesome series. Jays didn't win. That sucks. Horribly. But still, a lot of fun. This is the September baseball that we had wanted for so long. Maybe be careful what you wish for. <laughs> I think last year was the September baseball that we wanted for so long. Where, you know, it's a foregone conclusion that they're going to destroy everybody. They show up and they win. And it's like, oh, and yeah. David Price plays for the Blue Jays, which is fun. Uh, yeah, it's not quite that. It's not going to be that. There are not that many games left, but they are going to be fighting tooth and nail for their postseason life from now until, I believe, the 3rd or 2nd of October. Mm -hmm. And to them and to that, we look forward. I'm excited for it. This, this, I've been looking forward to this series against the Red Sox for like already for a month. I didn't think it was going to be those standings would look exactly <laughs> like they do now when this series came. Yeah, perhaps there was not. A, there was a part of me that thought this would be the final. This would be the Blue Jays putting a nail in the coffin for the Red Sox. It's not that. It's not that at all. It's still going to be awesome. Still looking forward to it. Yeah, especially if, you know, they win at least one of these damn games. It would behoove them to win <laughs> as many of them as they can. Yes, it certainly would. Uh, and the the good thing about them is that they can indeed win many as many of these games as they want. They could win two or even three. Or also one or zero. Yeah. Yeah. Which will... I don't know. Confidence is at an all-time low. The last time we did one of these, we were like, yeah, they're really good. This is great. Everything's good. They had just come. They, had, uh, did they, they took two or three from Houston, I believe. They took two of three, or they beat up on the on the Orioles. Uh, everything was great, and then it yeah, it's yeah, it's not been a great six games here. Yeah, it seems like a really long time ago when they had they they had lost a series to the Angels because we had missed a week, and it was like, oh yeah, they missed. A, oh well, that happens, and then they felt like they righted the ship that we have referenced over and over. This goddamn boat. Yeah, they uh, they beat up on the Twins at some point. The Twins, there. that's right. Yeah, and then uh, here we are. Bit of a rough road trip. Again, the, the games in Tampa didn't go. Swept by the Yankees in a bunch of close, uh, agonizing games. Games that were decided by a matter of inches. Brett Gardner made a very nice catch that I did not think he was going to make. <laughs> no, me either. Yeah, that was that was tough. But and, uh, yeah, no, that Grizzly giving up. Uh, you know, just just inopportune times. You know, those are at least two of those games that they lost in Tampa and New York. They probably should have won, which is what sets people off, I think, a lot of times. Uh, I know they don't like seeing blowouts, but Nobody it's, when does. You, it's when you feel like you had this one and you don't have it any longer, that it's a real gut punch. Despite no excuse for being, you know, a piss baby. But these are important games. They do matter. They're, it's not like, as, tr as even keeled as I try to be. It's a, they should. They got to start winning some damn games. I have no doubt that they will. Okay, well, they do. Let's take a break, and we'll get into that. We'll talk about what's going on, and and we'll talk about kind of what it means and what it what it doesn't mean, or what I don't think it means. I guess um, what the last week means and doesn't mean, um, and and why it why the conversation seems to go so far in one direction rather than the other. Uh, so we're going to talk about the state of the Blue Jays here in the middle of early in September. They are a game out of first place. 
who would have traded that traded the world for that at any point in the last 20 years but now it's a disappointment so we're talking about all that and so much more in this edition of birds all day So here we are. This is it. By the time everyone's listening to this, it's going to be Friday. The first game of the three-game home series against the Boston Red Sox. A very exciting time indeed. Uh, uh, an inopportunely in timed series in that the Blue Jays uh, limp in pathetically. Uh, like they were shot on the uh, on the prairie and they dragged their you know carcass through shit and mud and through all kinds of hell, and now they've kicked in the saloon door, and they're just happy to be alive. That's bad. Yeah. The Red Sox just got back from beating the snot out of the Padres and the and the uh, Athletics, so they're flying high. Blue Jays are struggling. Well, the Red, I mean, the That's Red Sox haven't been that great lately either. Let's not go nuts here. They lost two games in a row, which was timed nicely because the Blue Jays were obviously losing at that time <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I, the limping in. I know you're, you know, you're doing that for effect. But yeah, it's every day is a fresh start, man. They're, they're not really limping anywhere, you know. Well, they're kind of limping because they're not playing well, very well. But that's they're not scoring any runs. So that this, that, this, that can this, change so quickly, though. It can and it will. I mean, you look what happened in New York, where Josh Donaldson basically went oh for the week. That doesn't happen. And, I, right? you know, I remember at least one, maybe two great plays by Chase Headley to, to rob mm-hmm. him of a hit. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he was it was just missing hits by inches. So it's not like he limped his way through there. It's that the, the you know, rockets were coming off his bat and just not finding, uh, finding the holes. When every game becomes so important, every sec segment of the season becomes smaller and smaller so now i have make a note that like oh josh donaldson isn't hitting isn't hitting the ball very well last night or right right now uh it was what was it a week and a half ago that he was single-handedly destroying the twins hitting three home runs in a game the mvp talk was everywhere you looked and now it's okay well i mean right now you've got donaldson you've got bautista and encarnacion who are not doing the things that we expect of them Hmm technically uh russell martin was on fire and now, now he's got a bad knee uh troy tulowitzki uh, is kind of you know he's, his numbers are still down on the season uh, you can pick an end point if you want and basically anytime after may 1st he looks great but it's still not like a he's you know he's not he's not the best def- offensive shortstop in baseball but he's fine michael saunders has been like dreadful for weeks and months now there have been a few uh, you know, brighter spots, I think, but dreadful for the most part, yeah. It's it's when, when a team that's built to score lots of runs and a team that's built around the, the home run ball doesn't hit it, everyone starts to point fingers, right? Everyone starts to look like, oh my God, the team isn't built, right? It's not built for the playoffs, not built for this, which is all such such garbage. It, such yeah. terrible, hot garbage. <laughs> it really it is. Thank you, yes. But it, it, all all that happens is all any mistake gets magnified. People start writing insane screeds against Jose Bautista because he gets thrown out on the bases uh, where Devin Travis does something equally asinine and, you know, kind of skates. Uh, you know, you've got 
guys like Smoke and Upton who strike out a lot, which we've talked about before, um, which just doesn't really mesh with the team when the guys at the top aren't firing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. Well, some will say, uh, you know, you got to start swinging for singles, man. There's your problem right there. Too much of the home run ball. Too many. Too much swinging for the fence. Got to get. Uh, got to start rethinking about how you're uh, approaching offense and start going for singles, which is, as you say, trash. I think it's it's not. There's elements in there. There are there are elements of truth in that, which is to say that go up to the plate with a good approach. Yes. Not I'm going to hit a single for the team. But if you go up like uh, who was it that started for the Yankees the other day? Um, I can't remember his name. The guy with the was Brian Mitchell, right? Yeah, and it was just like rollover after rollover. I swear it was like three innings in a row. Every single ball was a ground ball hit to the shortstop, which is like okay. So they're maybe getting a little pull happy right now, which is you know don't go up there and say like I for the good of the team I'm going to go the other way. It's more like because it's going to be more. It's I need to be effective at the plate. So, yeah. I think it's hard sometimes to ask people to change what's made them successful, though, mm-hmm. to this point, you know. And, and no, it's true. And but I mean, if if you have to be able to make an adjustment, if the pitcher, for example, is is effective, and it's again, it's difficult when you're a team full of accomplished hitters to say, "I'm going to change my game plan to accommodate Brian fucking Mitchell." Yeah. Well, yeah, or you know, uh, the Chad Green or whoever, some other scumbag that's up there firing BBs and making embarrassing everybody. You know, Luis Severino, who looks amazing out of the bullpen one day. Everyone forgets is when the Jays destroyed him <laughs> earlier in the season, right? Well, like, should they have gone up when they, I don't know what they tagged him for in an earlier start when he was still a starter. Now he's in the bullpen, but suddenly he's a world beater because for one day he's able to get his slider across for strikes and he, they can't stay off of his 98-mile-an-hour fastball. Whatever. The idea, yeah, go up there with a team approach, sure, whatever. That's... To me, that doesn't mean anything. But if the approaches get collectively bad, that's when suddenly the team doesn't score. And when they don't score, then base running errors become the end of the world. Base running errors become symptomatic of a disease rot <laughs> beneath the surface. Yeah. And I think this is, the, this is the thing that I keep, that I was thinking about today a little bit. And it's the difference between like a doctor and a coroner that I feel like so many of the people that maybe we, everyone, you know, we interact with in social media or in real life, everyone's trying to like to find the cause of death for the Blue Jays, but they're not dead. Everyone's so quick to find, to try to look and point a finger at why they're not going to win. What is it about this team that makes them awful? What is it about the team that's going to, going to be their ultimate undoing? It's like, but they're here. Don't talk about what's wrong with the offense when they have one of the best offenses in baseball. You know, what, second or third, second probably best offense in the American League. You know, like, think think before you do this insane shit. <laughs> and, and yes, when they when they lose, that the, these things look, you know, the inability to manufacture runs the most bullshit, garbage, post-hoc, facto, just, oh, but they can't manufacture runs. They forget about the times when they literally beat the shit out of every pitcher that's put before them. They beat the shit out of aces. They beat the shit out of shit bags. They beat the shit out of everyone. They're what, like twenty five games over five hundred? They are a very good baseball team. Yeah, I don't know what number that they are at, but yeah, something like that. How did that happen? How is it they were able to do that? How is it they were able to be in first place ahead of the Red Sox with 
an incredibly talented roster and a huge payroll. And the Orioles, for whom ever, so many things have gone right uh, this year, how is it they did that? How is it they Remarkable, got to be in considering first place with a garbage, team that's yeah. so obviously and so deeply flawed? <laughs> Fuck. What, it's what, so stupid. What got me today was uh, it was uh, Griff, Richard Griffin in the Star. I don't know if you saw my tweet about this. He went through, you know, called things for concern about the Blue Jays. And, and the first one was, you know, point one, talking about the Stars, about how, you know, they come, they come, came unraveled a little bit over the last road trip. You know, they're two and seven over their last, you know, nine decisions or whatever it is. Uh, and then pointed out, you know, they've been susceptible to the big inning, you know, the, that like 20 of the 27 runs against them over that span came in eight innings, you know, oh man, big inning, that's that's a terrible thing, and we must avoid that at all costs, because our starters are coming undone. And then his fourth point is, you know, Jay's really got to play more ball. <laughs> it's like, well, how do you reconcile those two things? <laughs> I don't understand. Well, it, but that's like that's the it, incoherence of where we're at. And I, I, that, that's a great point, and it's the same with like the, the oh my god, you can never walk the leadoff right. hitter. Don't, don't ever walk anybody when you're the pitcher, but heaven forbid you go up there trying to work a walk or trying to turn in a good at bat. You know what I mean? Like hitters aren't supposed to look for walks, but pitchers are to avoid them like the play. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't understand. <laughs> but look, look, they're a good team. They're in first place or they're in a game out of first place. They have every right to be there. They're not some flash in the pan. Not the damn this is Orioles, a team that's built yeah. to win. This is a team that has performed well up to this point. Um, some of it maybe, you know, was due to come back to earth a little bit, the bullpen in particular, especially since the trade deadline. Um, maybe uh, this isn't exactly what it is, but... Um, Are you questioning Jason Grilly being like the best reliever in the American League kind of thing that he had look, for a little Jason while? Jason Grilly is... Uh, I, I, it's my hope. The Yankees are a bad matchup for Jason Grilly because the Yankees have so many left-handed batters. And that's the thing that's going to kill Jason Grilly is left-handed hitters. Hopefully, John Gibbons is able to take a cue from that and be like, I need to be a bit more judicious in the way that I roll Jason Grilly out there. Uh, maybe that he's kind of fallen too much in love with the idea of like, this is your eighth inning guy, yeah. this is my seventh inning guy, whatever it might be. Uh, just, I would like to see a few more matchups played with Jason Grilly uh, because I do think that in a lot of ways you are playing with fire. That said, do you, do you um, want your left-handed guy out there all that often? Uh, I'd like the idea of uh, as Ben of Benoit as kind of a left-handed guy. I'm okay with He's that. Got that yeah. splitter, right? I mean, not necessarily the key left-handed guy. I think what we're talking about here is like, who do you want to face, David Ortiz? Basically, given yeah. the opportunity, who's who's going to face Ortiz or uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. Basically, like that's what we're talking about here. That's a, with these games coming up. Who do you think? In Do you think Brett Cecil is gonna is gonna be given that opportunity? I think Cecil will get an opportunity to get one of one of them out at least, you know. <laughs> He'll get one opportunity I mean, to get one of them out and then we'll see from there, basically. Well, I mean that's and I tweeted something to that effect the other earlier this week. Like that none of this would have happened if Brett Cecil was still alive when Grilly right. <laughs> yeah. on Tuesday night, I guess it was. Uh because with you got Ellsbury and Gardner and Gregorius and whoever else on the Yankees, they are all left-handed hitters. And it's it's a bad matchup for Grilly, uh, who's been so good and so unbelievably good and entertaining. And he's a real um, uh, talisman. People really want to rally behind him, veteran. He's having so much fun. He's yelling, screaming. Um, he's like Sharapova out there. Yeah, he's got the, he's got the big grunt. 
What do you what do you share Pova? You, you insinuating that Jason Crilly takes performance as a drug? <laughs> Certainly, I'm not. I'm saying that he's got the big grunt. He, he puts he puts everything into it. It is a little bit jarring to hear that come through on the camera, but but maybe maybe be mindful of the way that that Jason really is used. And uh, a little Francis Culeriano in the bullpen. What's up with that? Yeah. Uh, do you have thoughts and feelings about why or about this this idea of Liriano in the bullpen? Yeah, I, I'm okay with that. I don't know what Brett Cecil. If you don't trust Brett Cecil, like somebody is going to have to come in and face some lefties uh, down the stretch and in the playoffs. Should they make the playoffs, which we hope they will. Uh, if Francisco Liriano is not going to be in the rotation, I mean, at least give him a little bit of a look there. See if you feel comfortable with it. I'm. Was he really so bad to lose his rotation spot? I don't, I don't know that I don't know that, that he has uh, utility in the bullpen versus Dickey who has not. Yes, I think that's exactly what that is. Because Dickey, I mean, his second half has been a little bit dog shit. I mean, Mike Will, Mike having, Wilner would will call it an, uh, an arbitrary endpoint and and suggest that you know uh, his August was really good, but had a, you know bad second, you know bad bit of July and bad one bad start in September. Okay, fine. Uh, but he's, I mean, he's, it's, you're still carrying like a six eighty ERA over. The second half over nine starts. He's having Mark Burley season from basically, season, yeah, where he's just like dra- like dragging ass to the end of the end of the year, and he's not going to be on the postseason roster. I don't think there's any hope of that unless anymore. something happens with one of the other guys. Yeah, but even still, you're right. I mean, I I don't you know it might be Liriano goes back into the rotation at that point. It's I I maybe should I have more feelings about this? Should I have stronger? Feelings? It's like it, it's been a bit about Dicky or about Liriano, I guess. I mean, Dicky, yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'll be looking for. I'm looking forward to next year when we don't have to talk about fucking Ra Dicky. Uh, next year we'll just be talking about uh, every move the Alex Anthopoulos twins make, basically. I think when next year we'll be talking about what what they're going to do with Liriano. Uh, that will be a thing. Uh, I mean, it'll at least be <laughs> at least last year, the last year of that deal. But yeah, that's thirteen million bucks. I think it's it's just I, I wonder if it's asking a lot of Liriano to shove him in the bullpen at the eleventh hour where he hasn't been at all in years and years and years, and be like you know you have to get used to the well either you have, again it's it's like what we talked about with Sanchez under times where he's not a real reliever you have to deal with him like a starter who's sitting in the bullpen mm-hmm. and you got to telegraph when he's going to come in and you need to give him all this time to get ramped up and you can't use him two days in a row or, or, or warm him up four days out of five or whatever it might be. You have to be mindful of that because he's just not, he hasn't been accustomed to that kind of a workload and those sorts of expectations, which to, to, if, if you're, are you putting him in the best position to succeed if, if you're doing that or, or how can you put him in the best position to succeed? And it, it might be by by babying him along a little bit, and then it's like, well, what good is he? Well, you don't, you can't, you can't pick and choose when which games are important he's, between now and the end of the but year. But he, I mean, how good is he? The answer only is he only has to be better than Danny Barnes and Aaron Loop and whoever else is in competition for that other you know lefty spot in the bullpen. I know Barnes isn't a lefty, but you know the That's uh, true the right handers who can get lefties out. Uh, also being in that mix, and it, it it seems like it was difficult for the Jays to get uh, to make a move on that. We joked, uh, you know, off air uh, about John Heyman saying, they, you know, they were trying to get Fernando Abad that the Red Sox ended up getting. I forget the name of the prospect they gave out, but I, I looked at or gave up for Abad, and, and I, I looked, you know, touches touches triple digits. You know, is a he's been really good. I think for the 
For the Padres or yeah, for the Astros? Where the hell he came from, I don't know. He's been awesome, though, the guy they traded. He's been better than Abad has in terms of Abad just, has been, just pure number to number. has been trash. And then also I think there was a piece I, I tweeted about this. This would have been last week where Dave Dombrowski talking about it was so hard to make August trades because I know a lot of people were giving the Jays grief about not making August, August trades, but they said, mm-hmm. you know, him saying just it's a different world now and everybody's claiming to block. Everybody's claiming everybody because they don't think that the teams are going to just give guys away for nothing and... and and so it's a, a different prism to sort of th- view that through, I think, than some of maybe the anger that people had about the fact that the Jays weren't able to get as much done, especially from the left-handed relief perspective, as, as they were able to. But, you know, I guess a guy like Boone Logan, I suspect, was claimed by somebody who didn't necessarily even want to make a deal for him or, or didn't mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know didn't have a need for him, didn't, wasn't, weren't ever going to offer the Rockies enough. And so there he is off the market. You know, probably a lot of stuff happening with guys like that. So it's... You know, so the Jays are sort of stuck working with what they've got, which is fine. It would be, it would be a lot more fine though, as you tweeted, uh, if Brett Cecil were still alive. There are flaws in all the teams in the American League, though. And I was talking about this with our your friend and mine, Scott Lewis, a little bit today. Mm-hmm. Was he? You know, Lewis is maybe a little cool in the Blue Jays' chances. And I and I told him that I don't think that the Indians or I don't I don't think Cleveland or Texas or the Red Sox are demonstrably better than the Blue Jays, and of those teams, like which one has you know the, the Cleveland has the better bullpen of they say those four teams, mm-hmm. um, just by virtue of having Andrew Miller almost exclusively, but I mean, the Red Sox bullpen has been a disaster, right? And 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 it comes back to this you know that asinine piece that that guy that we made fun of a few weeks ago the guy that wrote about john farrell and how the, you know, the jays had john farrell with the man the red sox fans fucking hate john farrell he's delicious yeah every time <laughs> they lose fire farrell is like a fucking trending topic in massachusetts and nova scotia for god's sake they they want him out and the red sox bullpen is a disaster and craig kimbrell who should be you know who is one of the best relievers literally of all time has been really, really a bit of a mixed bag. Uh, and then everybody else, you know, uh, Junichi Tezawa's done, mm-hmm. cooked, finished. Koji's been hurt. Uh, they bring Chad Bradford in. God, I don't even know. What, fuck Chad yeah. Bradford. Ziegler's been but okay. Like, but that's, that's Z- where you're... Ziegler, that's, not that, Bradford, Ziegler, yeah. yeah. The guy that throws underhand, yeah. for God's sake. Um, but yeah, the Red Sox bullpen is, is shitty. Uh, the Rangers bullpen, you know, you take your shot. I've seen good things happen against that bullpen, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I remember that as well. So, I mean, it's just a matter of... I think the thing that we've seen in the last week uh, that hopefully, uh, and may may change, is like, when was the last time Roberto Osuna pitched? He has been (laughs) underused in the last little while. Haven't had a lot of leads to protect. Not a lot of leads to protect, or there is one, but it was in the eighth inning. Mm Mm-hmm. So you've got Osuna, who's pitched what one? I don't think he's pitched at all in September. Maybe once. Pitched basically twice in two weeks. They did. They didn't even get to get him in the other night, did they? No, I don't think that they did. No. That was they were on the radio. They were talking about how they got to get him in because if they didn't get him in on Wednesday, off day today. Now it's when was the last time Osuna pitched? He pitched on Sunday. So he has pitched once in September. But like that's not good. He's your best reliever. Use it for fuck's sake. Let's not make this about Gibby, but yeah, 
<laughs> there were there are times, especially in retrospect, where you, you know you would have you were setting up to use uh, to use him in the game that really blew up against the Yankees. Uh, mm-hmm. Some would say, I don't know, with that part of the lineup and lefties coming up, maybe you use him in the in the eighth inning. Uh, but that's, I don't know, that's a bit of a cop out of and me to say. Hour. But that, I mean, that's not how Givens is doing it right now. It's a, he is very much in love with the, you're my eighth inning guy, you're my ninth inning guy, that kind of thing. Hey, what's going on? It is the most important time of the year. It is September baseball. It is meaningful baseball in September, which means you got to get to the park. And given how popular the team has become at home on the road, tickets are hard to come by. The only way you're going to get seats right now is with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is always the first place you want to go when you look for tickets. Everything about SeatGeek is designed to make life easier for sports and music fans. SeatGeek does all the price comparison for you by searching multiple ticket sites and ensuring that you get the best possible deal. SeatGeek does all the work, and you save all the time and the money. It's just that much, that simple. You want to go, you go to Baltimore. There's nobody there. You want to get a seat, you get it through SeatGeek. You want to go to Boston, you want to watch the uh, the Blue Jays in the last week of the season, you go to SeatGeek. You get it there. SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on its value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. And best of all, listen to birds all day, you get a $20 rebate on your first SeatGeek purchase. To get your $20 rebate on your tickets, you download the SeatGeek app, you go to the settings tab and, and click add a promo code, Enter the promo code BIRDS, B-I-R-D-S, like birds all day. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. So download the SeatGeek app today and enter promo code and you're in. I want to bring it back a little bit to what, what, what I had said in the first, point, in the first place, uh, which was the difference between people trying to diagnose or you know, do an autopsy, a living autopsy. on mm-hmm. the Just, uh, These are the things that, these are the things that are wrong with them. This is why they're not going to win. This is, this is why, um, um, uh, they're so bad. And it's when you do that and you get to pick and choose what evidence you use or how this is symptomatic of this greater flaw with the team. It, it doesn't, Getting swept by the Yankees is not an indictment of the Blue Jays, and the the reason they lost those games isn't be, again because of these overarching concerns. Uh, but losing those games is bad, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like it's it's it's, it's that, I, I may have said this before. Like that's how you end up missing the playoffs, right? It, it, like I don't think there's any need or or, or point to reverse engineering it. Say so the Blue Jays lost, they they missed the playoffs, for example, or whatever happened because they got swept by the Yankees. Uh, Yes, it doesn't. You don't need to go on beyond that. It, and it, they didn't get swept by, swept by the Yankees because they don't have discipline, because right. they're not focused, because they're not winners, because they're playing for themselves. None of those things matter. They lost those games because of just fucking baseball. I I think last year and against Kansas City in the in the ALCS is a perfect illustration of that. It's like uh, you know when you think about the postmortems people are already doing, and I you know I've had these sorts of conversations as well. Uh, you're right. It's like people are, are 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 trying to point to 
the flaw that is their undoing. And it just doesn't always work that way. You know, there's bad teams that do have those flaws and the Jays have flaws, but yeah. And, and you think, I mean, you think back to the Kansas city series, you're like, why did the blue Jays win the Kansas city or lose the Kansas city series? I don't fucking know. They just didn't win it. Could, because the Royals hit more home runs than the blue Jays did. <laughs> Cause they couldn't fucking cash a runner on third with no outs. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah, that's not a mental that, failing. There are, that's just sometimes fucking baseball does that. Sometimes baseball does it. Sometimes the guy on the mound executes when you're, even when your best hitter is at the plate. Or sometimes your best hitter or second best hitter hits two home runs <laughs> in the deciding game, but it's not mm-hmm. enough. And as I, it's not his yeah. fault. And that, and again, that's the thing with baseball. And it is, it is so, it is the beautiful thing about baseball and it's the thing that it's so easy to forget. And I, Always credit Jack Moore, uh, uh, you know, great uh, writer online uh, and all around for saying that the difference between baseball and every other sport is you can't funnel the opportunities to the players that are better. Right. Right. And and, and that's where if ever there is going to be a mm-hmm. flaw, if there is a flaw with the Blue Jays, it is you have a few players in the lineup like Smoke or Upton, hopefully you only have one of them in there at a time, that have that sig- very significant strikeout part of their game which takes luck out of it, right? Yeah. Like Smoke got unlucky when he hit that ball the opposite field and it almost sliced over Gardner's head, right? That was, you know, he put the ball in play. That's, you know, things happen. And especially in that joke stadium or wherever. But but everything else about it is just like you just, you get up there and you hope that it works out. <laughs> you hope that that you, you, you stack the lineup where they hit Jose Bautista cleanup just to see what happens. Or that you hit Donaldson here or there, and it's like, oh, well, now he doesn't get to come up. You know, Donaldson, because he's hitting third, not second, doesn't come up in a big spot late in the game. You can't. That's just baseball. That's the way it works. Mm-hmm. No, I, And it sucks, yeah. but it, it also makes it, it, it kind of defies that sort of post-mortem analysis in a way that's more about pointing fingers than it is about, you know, dissecting what yeah, happened. It drove people nuts. And I, I, you know, I was just trolling them obviously, but I, I did point out when smoke had the, when he hit the ground, when he grounded into the double play earlier in the game, uh, in that game on Tuesday, it's got, a, it's got like a three twelve Babbitt, right? When he puts the ball in play, like good stuff kind of happens. Nobody wanted to hear that. It was, it was, well, and, it was and, destined to happen. He was, he was always going to ground into a double play, even though that's completely not what he was always going to do. It's funny. I heard Wilner going through talking about because uh, Smoke has terrible numbers with the bases loaded, which becomes a great failing of his mentality, mm-hmm. right? When again, when the dissection happens, when it's when the finger pointing happens, when you know it, it, it it's it's very inopportune to <laughs> not hit with the bases loaded. But then you look at his numbers with like a runner on third base and less than two outs, and they're very good. <laughs> right. Or you look at his numbers with runners on second and third, and they're very good. It's like, how is that? It's like almost because those things are not skill-based. Those things are just things that happen. And you look at the big picture and it's, oh, yeah, he's this not this kind of a hitter with the, with the in these situations because he's that kind of a hitter, period. I looked at the Jays' uh, runners in scoring position, weighted runs, created plus in the second half. Uh, the other day, it may have changed a little bit since then. It was identical to their weighted runs, created plus overall in the second because yeah, sort of. it's, they hit like they hit, and the situation doesn't. Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing that changes about the situation that it really what they, how they do that. And also, and as I, I wrote today, like people tend to forget. You know, there's these guys are in the they're in the big leagues. There's you know, there's nobody on the other team who can't throw a ball by your best hitter, who can't 
execute them. All the guys on the other team are big leaguers as <laughs> yeah, well. Like, and, you know, people forget that. It's like, it's not like, how can you let this happen? It's like that. Of course you can let that happen. These, these are guys, you're not in the big leagues if you can't, if you can't hit your, the opposing pitcher's best pitch. And you're not in the big leagues if you, if you're a pitcher and can't strike the opposing, be- you know, team's best player out. And, you know, that's pretty generalized, but, yeah, they're good. They're playing really good teams and players who are, you know, even it's like, oh, this is a shit inferior team and we should beat them. It's like those those guys are still good. It's true. But at the same time, I think that we need to turn this around a little bit and make it a bit more positive, a bit more uplifting. Uh, there is significant opportunity in front of the Blue Jays right now. Obviously, this series of the Red Sox is huge, but... The Blue Jays aren't like a scrappy underdog hoping to pull one over against the mighty Red Sox. They're the same echelon, the same quality of team. They really, truly are. And all if it all it takes is Josh Donaldson, you know, dialing it in. A guy who is so in tune with his swing, uh, just like Jose Bautista, guys who are uh, forever working and tinkering. All it takes is you know some good at bats from those guys, uh, some more positive results. They easily take two or three from the Red Sox, and then it's. You know, now you've got the Blue Jays. Instead of being playing in that house of horrors in Tampa Bay uh, or St. Petersburg, now they got the Reds, the the Rays coming on the road. Mm-hmm. Right, the Rays the Rays are on the road. The Jays are facing them at home. Then they go and they face that same terrible Angels team that took two out of three from them. You know, the the Blue Jays are going to be the favorite in every one of those games. They're playing they're playing that Mariners team that is uh, got nothing to play for now. They're done. They're cooked. They're, it's over for them. No, you know, more opportunities against the Yankees. Again, you don't want to talk a young team because now they're coming on the road, mm-hmm. right? The, you know, the Yankees who once Gary, once Matt Noakes, Gary Sanchez <laughs> figures, you know, the league is figuring him out. Aaron, Aaron Judge strikes out every time out. Uh, you know, the Tyler Austin had a decent little series against the Jays. But again, that's, we start taking these little tiny uh, snapshots of the season and it doesn't make, doesn't mean that's who they are. doesn't mean that's what they're going to be. It's all right there for the Jays. They have so much opportunity. There's nothing. There's nothing must win. They get swept by the Red Sox uh, this weekend. Then there's still four games out with three three head-to-head games and all kinds of divisional games. And they're still in a good position in terms of the wild card as well. Absolutely. Also, fucking Rodriguez and Buckholes on Saturday and Sunday. So there's a recipe for getting the offense fucking back in line uh, right there. Hey, Clay Buckholes looked pretty good against the Padres. <laughs> He's. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to pick out a piss, but Jays fans, I think, are yeah, uh, feel this. You know that. Hey, we should beat this guy, and then it doesn't happen. I think it happens a lot. It happens a lot with guys they haven't. How do you seen think every team? Well. How do you think every single team, uh, the fans of every team, feel when they see Jay Happ <laughs> on the mound for the Blue Jays? Yeah. How, we should beat yeah. this guy, or when they see Stroman and they're like, this guy. With the numbers like Ari Dickey, do you think this, this guy was supposed to be their ace? The only one that's going to put any scare in anybody is Sanchez because he was a million miles an hour. But he is it, real. It's fun. all right there. It, 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 there's no other way to get around it. It's all right there. It is. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. The series against the Red Sox is going to be great. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, if they lose, it's going to be dog shit. If they get beat, and if they get beat in a in an agonizing manner, if the if the Red Sox come in and do Red Sox things and score a zillion runs, uh, I'll want to yeah. die. But 
This is what this is what this is this is what we asked. This for. is exactly what we asked. This for. is all you would want. And 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 if you want the Blue Jays to go to this go to the playoffs, you they're gonna have to play good teams when they get there. Unfortunately, so you look at the Red Sox and you're like, yeah, fuck that. Bring I it. I can very much do that. It comes oh so naturally. So I, I don't know. Uh, there's only so much you can say. Like, are we gonna hype? Are we gonna do hype? for this series um because it's this is the first this is this is the first one i don't think the i don't think any of us had that sense of the, the yankee series being like a big no series. not at all no yankees are easy to look past uh you know i remember talking with guys, yankees fans online uh that at the time the yankees made all those trades the jays had 10 games left and it was you know this yankees fan was like the jays are going to go nine and one against the yankees he was being sincere he thought like with the team rebuilding was kind of starting over you know they're going to be a disaster. And the Yankees have played much better than anyone expected. I don't know how. <laughs> yeah. They still Gary have so Sanchez many bad players. Nuts, they hit Didi yeah. Gregorius is hitting fucking cleanup. Starlin Castro was 20 home runs. Fuck the Yankees. Yeah, they're trash. But yeah, no, you're, you're yeah. So I don't know. I think that's it. That's cool by me. Fuck. What else do you say? Yeah. It's the people like to, people Enjoy like it. to make must win claims and stuff like that. And it's not must win, but I don't know. Since the since the ALCS, this is this is your biggest series basically since the ALCS that we're coming into. There's bigger ones to come, but it's it's pretty big. It's gonna be fun. None of these damn games Jay's, are gonna be over until the fucking final out. Either. Jays are either gonna walk out of the series. They're gonna be two games up. They're gonna be one game up. No, they can't do that. What is it? Two? They'll either be two games up, mm-hmm. even. A game back, or two games back, or four yeah. games back. There's only four outcomes. Wrap your head around them all. One of them is is gonna doom them. <laughs> one one of them they, would be they, bad. One of them would be bad, but if if they sweep the Red Sox, they're still only they're two games up with still what twenty games to play, fifteen games to play, and three games in Fenway at the end of the year. Those are gonna be nuts. Which, those are Hope, gonna be nuts. Just like not, these games this still, weekend are gonna yeah, be nuts. Still, you know. Like you were saying, you, you were hoping this would be the nail in the coffin and maybe those would be, you know, a nice fond farewell for Big Poppy there at the uh, end of the month. Mm-hmm. No, I think those those are shaping up like they're going to mean something quite significant. It'll be, it'll be crazy. It'll be like a, it'll be like an additional playoff series. So yeah, wrap your fucking heads realize, around it. Let's get ready for it. I just realized that this is going to be the series where like on Sunday, the Jays are going to give something to Ortiz, which is going to make people... So mad. Oh my God. <laughs> They're going to be so, so angry that I'm actually looking forward to that. Give them, uh, give them an Edwin Encarnacion extension at the same time. I'd like just to see walk the Jays out, give him... walk out onto the field. Here, Poppy, here's our gift to you. We just fucking signed Edwin. Screw your stupid shit ass team. They're going to give him a hockey stick or a moose or something yeah. corny like what? that i think they should give him two things they should give him that and then they should uh you know feed him his lunch hey hey Papa, <laughs> here's, here's, your, here's your goddamn lunch. maybe uh give you a hockey stick uh, here's one in your ear you clown he's pretty good i don't know yeah. he's great i have I, I harbored zero ill will it's impossible how do you not like david ortiz uh, jay's fans hate jose batista it turns out insane screeds so People can think all sorts of strange things. Strange to you and me. Like in their own the in their own heads, I guess that makes sense. Rantings of the 
of the sad well, and, and your and words lonely sad I did not like Jose Bautista something wrong something wrong upstairs you know what I mean anyway uh, you have a parting shot you got a parting shot no, for I don't really have a parting shot I guess I should start thinking of parting shots if we're going to be doing these we should they, it was by demand people do like parting a, shots yeah they do. I have a a bit of a. Um, I'll do one. I'll, I'll do one quick before you do, which is which okay, is. Go that, ahead. Uh, I'm hanging out in Montreal this month. I think I've mentioned that before. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my the, my my friend, uh, the guy who sort of set me up in the place that I'm I'm house sitting at, uh, he is indeed a Boston Red Sox fan. So that's who I'm going to be watching some baseball with this weekend. So. Uh, there, there, there may be, many... there may be, you know, I may have a record by the time the weekends. <laughs> Wait, there, there's no law in Montreal. Are you going to get arrested? <laughs> I don't think I've seen a single cop since I've been here. They're driving around on their Nissan Leafs. I don't know what they're driving around. G- given the way that people drive in that city, there's clearly no law. There's no law. There's no the rule of law along. And, and, and you know what? And I think it's better for it, frankly. Oh yeah, it's 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 lovely here. Do you have your winter coat on? Is it like has the snow begun yet? It's fucking forty degrees. Uh, they don't believe in air conditioning, so I am dying currently. It is a terrific place, frankly. I love it. Yeah. I love Montreal. Um, no, I don't love. I don't know something about something about a the wrong kind of cover band, like a generic <laughs> which is, bar which band is cover any band cover band that is okay. just. I I was. At an event today, and there was a band that was playing, and they were sort of <laughs> just there, and they were playing f- songs that were themed to the event, mm-hmm. and it was so loud that it made me like angry. The band was fine; they were competently playing these songs for the most part, but it's just like that kind of just generic rock with some weird jangly guitar. If the setting isn't right, it is the worst. Thing in the world to listen to or all you want to do is, is if you're supposed to be there to network or even just talk to the people that you're with and you can't you need to sh- and that go same if you go to a bar and there's a cover band and you're just sort of like not there to hear the cover band for me oh my god it makes me crazy and there are some uh, you know the, the our your friend and my ryan eli former producer of uh, of mm-hmm. earlier iterations of this podcast he has played in cover bands forever and god bless him for it but it's just it's definitely not for me, as evidenced by that today, <laughs> as I was so, so mad at this poor band. They, they didn't, they're not in control of the house sound that was ear-splitting, and it was I was so angry at this band playing fucking Mustang Sally and Lowrider. <laughs> I just wanted to, to commit crimes. Blood was going to spill, all because this band is competently doing something that they love. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there just hating them, hating every one of them, every person standing between me and them so that I could not go up there and commit a crime <laughs> and hating myself for being, allowing myself to be in that position. You know, if they're, if, if I'm at like the ocean deck in Daytona, if there's, if your bar doesn't back onto the beach, if there isn't somebody wearing, you know, a Hawaiian shirt, I don't know about, I don't know about that cover. Or if you're a, that's that, that's that's maybe the only appropriate venue for a cover band. If somebody, if somebody within earshot lives on a houseboat, <laughs> if you're a 
themed cover band, if you're if you're like a gimmick cover band, I think I can get behind that. Like okay, like yeah. Sheezer, if you're, if you're like Sheezer, yeah, or like what the Iron Maidens, like the all all women, uh, all female Iron Maiden cover band, whatever it might be. If you commit to that bit and you go all the way, that I got time for. Because then you're going for like an experience. You're like, I'm going to go see this band that plays, you know, Iron Maiden songs because those are great songs and it's hilarious if they put a little bit of a spin on it. But if it's just that, just like a bunch of folks playing some songs or even worse when, if it's not a cover, but if it's like a, a generic quasi standard, like this is obviously like a blues song played in a bluesy style. Uh, I don't just, I can't distinguish it from anything and I would rather be dead than listening to it right now. <laughs> Maybe leave that one at home, but, uh, but all power to them. I, I, I may have told this on the podcast before, but my buddy used to work at, uh, like did the, the company that does all the AV sort of stuff at the convention center. And I, just, I just remember dying because he told me about a band that was was doing a mining conference there and had changed all the lyrics to to songs to be mining related. So they did uh, the Doors uh, break on through to the other mine. Oh, uh, for example, my God, <laughs> yeah, I, I that <laughs> I I would not be responsible for my actions because like as if the Doors aren't bad enough. Well, yeah, that you got to make it that much worse with like theming it i will i will defend the soft parade as one of the top american comedy albums of all time (laughs) all right (laughs) but other than that uh oh i (laughs) enough i i there's there's no time for jim morrison slander (laughs) on this show uh that's it I it is my hope. Often we'll say enjoy the games. It is my hope that we're all able to enjoy these games this weekend, in that they are a festive fetting of the returning conquering heroes, your Toronto Blue Jays, as they smite the evil bullshit Boston Red Sox and assume their rightful place atop the American League East. Uh, I can't guarantee that. Uh, many of you are going to soil all of your garments uh, this weekend. I, I myself among you. Uh, I just want to rub it in Gabe's fucking face, man. It's going to be sweet. I think it, it, it's going to be sweet. This is this is what we want. I've, I've been waiting for this series for a month, and here it is. Enjoy it. Just like I hope you enjoyed this edition of Birds All Day. We'll talk to you uh, on Sunday with one of the new uh, mini-episodes. Until then, see you later.